0: Hey, Bitch Talkers! This is episode 150 of the Bitch Talk Podcast. I'm Aaron.
1: What's up? This is Angela.
0: And uh, we are continuing to highlight our favorite and most magical interviews mm-hmm. of the year. Uh, this one happens to be with uh, LA Times food critic Jonathan Gold and film producer, director Laura Gabbert of the film City of Gold, which highlights Mr. Gold's life, I guess? And
1: career, his and rise career. to
0: food fame yeah
1: <laughs> to pulitzer prize winning fame yeah
0: and uh i have to say and i'm sure char will have a couple of cents to add into this but uh i think the my most favorite part of that entire interview was Ange and jonathan oh. gold no just they were they oh. were buddy buddy he they were on the same wavelength well uh, i I was really excited because
1: anybody who works in the restaurant industry in LA knows him. I mean, he's there are so many food critics and there's so many people claiming to be food critics right. just because they want a free meal. Whatever, it happens all the time.
0: It's a lot on Instagram.
1: But um, with jo- when it comes to Jonathan Gold, it's it's his. It's his write-up that you frame and put up in the restaurant. You know, that's the well, one. Well, if it's good, that's the one you give a shit about, <laughs> exactly. But um, so I was just really excited because you know, working in restaurants in LA, it's just Jonathan Gold. He's the man. He's the one. And I'd never seen him and i never met him personally, so it really was. Uh, I was really excited, and I, don't I had. Think like, I realized you never saw him before, yeah. but mm-hmm. you knew all about him. Of course, yeah. He, two of the restaurants that I worked in were in his like top fifty restaurants in LA. You know, like really, it's a big deal to be on that list and and he takes from like you know higher higher uh priced restaurants to you know smaller mom and pops so right. it's a whole gamut
0: right and i yeah. think um part of that in interview and also watching the film he's just he's just a cool guy and i do love that he really highlights and helps these mom and pops re- restaurants in la mm-hmm. and i think and you and I, when we were watching it, got a little too. Te- well, I always get teary eyed, but yeah, we got for a little sure. teary eyed in that mm-hmm. doc. It was really sweet. Well,
1: and it caused you to think of LA, see LA in a different light, and that's huge. Ag- Agreed. She's been talking shit about LA. Our that's whole friendship. True. <laughs> that's
0: true. The Dodgers suck. What do you want? That's huge. Um, but yeah, the I mean, the most beautiful drone shots. I'm not kidding you guys. Yeah, in the this-
1: cinematography is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, in, in that in that film. And, and it was refreshing to talk to a female producer slash director um, and someone that just pursued the story for a while mm-hmm. until he said, okay. <laughs>
1: but it was kind of serendipitous how they met, too. She'd, she had oh. been following him. She'd read his uh, critiques of restaurants. And then all of a sudden, he's at, like, parent day at her yes, kid's school. Yes. And she's like, wait a minute. Right. She honed in. Yeah. She yeah. bit
0: on, she bit on uh, dinner with him. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it happened. Yeah. But then had to pursue for yeah, a Yeah, it was like one of those
1: auction nights or yes. something right at their school or, or their kid's school. But yeah,
2: serendipity.
0: Shara, what was your favorite part of that? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I no, no, like you all.
2: Tune into the interview after this intro to okay. find out about all that
0: stuff. Oh, are we Are we? Sorry, <laughs> right, guys. Never mind. You don't have to listen to the rest of this uh, podcast, but... <laughs> You know, it's just a little smidge of the interview. Okay, but what we didn't get on air or photographed or nothing can prove this except for me and Shah. My talking favorite about part. It. That's my course, favorite, so Your favorite part. Was be be of
2: course. I knew this was the hug. <laughs> so John- well, actually, there's two favorite I- parts. There's do the thing for the oh. There, that was my favorite part. My
0: <laughs> Going into the future, he was minutes. a little fidgety. Yep. Although you
2: couldn't hear it as much, actually. But if you hear a little bit of a like a somebody playing with a microphone or something in the studio, that was him. <laughs> Except in <laughs> that- our earphones, in our in our cans and our headphones, we can actually hear. It was very clear. It it was loud and (laughs) echoey. But then when I I was freaking out kind of the whole time, like, oh, I know I was like, I'm not going to say anything, but maybe they should. No. Well, what are we going to do? Stop down and go,
0: hold on, everybody. Who's doing uh, that? Jonathan Gold, please. Yeah. No, nobody was going (laughs) to say that. Actually, I'll say another uh, favorite part of that interview was um, I learned from the publicist working with him that day that he was, you know, not in the best mood. Um he just wasn't in the best mood, and then uh, our interview pepped him up. So It's always nice to hear. It's yeah. always nice to hear. Even you know, if they're lying to us. I know she wasn't lying. I work She with had her. no reason to... Yeah, yeah. I work with her. <laughs> well, that's
2: always my line, is uh, every time... Because I, cause I don't work with a lot of the publicists. I'm I'm the producer on the other end, right. and I get that a lot. Or they're like, oh, they had so much fun with you. And I'm like, ah, and I say that to everybody.
1: <laughs> she wasn't lying. I felt his energy, so... I agree. She hugged his energy. He was—he was He was, he was stoked. <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway, <laughs> without further ado, this is uh, one of our favorite interviews of the year. It's Jonathan Gold and Laura Gabbert of the documentary *City of Gold*. Enjoy. Uh, so welcome back, this is Bitch Talk, I'm Erin, we have guest co-host again, Angela Tabora. Hey guys, what's up? And uh, we have very, very, very special guests today in the studio. We have the director of City of Gold, Laura Gabbert, welcome. Hi, thanks, it's good to be here. Thank you, and we have the subject of City of Gold, Mr. Jonathan Gold. Welcome, sir. Good afternoon. Hello. <laughs> you guys brought the sun to San Francisco, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's been a little <laughs> rainy, but... It's a beautiful day. It's um, Laura, is it is it okay if we start with you? Of course. Um, Angela and I are actually uh, document- documentarians as well. Oh, great. And we cool. know that you have to be very, very passionate about your subject when you're doing a documentary. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not, no one else is going to be. Mm-hmm. So how did you get involved with this?
3: Um, so I, you know, it's kind of a... Um It wasn't like one moment where I decided, oh, I want to make a a movie about Jonathan Gold. I was looking for something to do in Los Angeles, definitely, because I've been traveling a lot on a prior project. Um, And I had read Jonathan for years in Los Angeles. I moved to Los Angeles in the mid-90s to go to graduate school and... um, you know, just kind of held a lot of those prejudices people have about Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I, you know, didn't want to live there. I thought I would go there for grad school and then leave. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I reading Jonathan really changed the way I looked at the city. And it kind of got me out of my comfort zone. And, you know, I would check out these different places. And I started to really understand that, that it was this really, really interesting, weird, wonderful, <laughs> kind of paradoxical place. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, you know, I really credit Jonathan for, for you know, making me kind of fall in love with the city. And then years later, our children ended up at the same school. Okay. And, um, and I bid on a, a silent auction item at our school fundraiser, <laughs> Dinner with <the> a <laughs> Critic. And, wow. Yeah. yeah. So it all just fell... So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I, I really wanted to have dinner with him. I mean, that was yeah. really exciting. <laughs> that's incredible. You manifested um, it. <laughs> but I, um, I also, you know, I knew I wanted to bring this up. I knew I wanted to sort of just see if he'd be open to the idea, which he was not mm-hmm. at all. Oh, mm-hmm. okay.
4: But, yeah. but, but but at least she got to taste uh, a so it all worked. Out. I was going to ask, where did you end up going to dinner? Uh, it was uh, LudoBytes One Point Oh, the first manifestation of like uh, Ludo Lafev's pop-ups that eventually turned into a place called Toymac. Okay, yeah.
3: So he was against it. He was against it, and I just kept, I just kept at it. I kept pestering him, and I mean, he was like kind enough to like let me take him out for coffee a bunch of times and talk to me about it but he just ch- kept challenging me like I don't think this is going to make a documentary a good documentary like what what would it be about I'm not going to give you any kind of you know central conflict in the film and I'm not going to let you l- I'm not going to let you film me reviewing restaurants like what what's the point of the movie sort of and we just talked about it and um, I think sort of came to Sort of you know, I knew I wanted to make a film about Jonathan, but I also knew I wanted to make a movie about Los Angeles, and he was gonna be our guide essentially, you know um and he just agreed to let me start, and we'd see how it went and then.
4: Five, five years, years later.
3: later. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes. All right. That makes us feel yeah, a, little better. Feel a little, <laughs> little better. It takes always <laughs> takes a long time. Always. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, you do an incredible job of showing LA. I'm, I'm born and raised oh, cool. in LA, and Thanks. Living in California and living in San Francisco now, everybody hates on LA so mm-hmm. much, but it's it's hard to remember. It's sometimes oh. hard to remember what's so beautiful about LA, mm-hmm. and you did a perfect job of portraying not only Jonathan's story, but the the vivid culture. I mean, it's Mm. just so, so many beautiful pockets of L.A., and, yeah, nice. it was incredible. Thank Thanks. you so much. Yeah, I had really, really great, really enjoyed really it.
3: great cinematographers, um, Jerry Henry and Goro Toshima, And we just worked really hard to capture enough of, like, what it really feels like to drive through Los Angeles in terms of very specific things, but also just kind of the, the light and, you know.
1: Yeah, it made me miss L.A. I want to go. I want to go cool. back. That's great. <laughs> and you opened on a review of tacos, which is no one does the taco like L.A. So
0: <laughs> it was just right from the get. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah.
4: yeah. We, are, we are the taco capital of the United States. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, Jonathan, I, I know that Laura was talking about your reservations. No pun intended with the whole food talk. But <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> were some of those reservations, too, because you were a, a critic? And and I know you talked about in the movie about kind of having disguises or not being seen. But was that the biggest thing? Well, it
4: was certainly one of them. Um, but one beco- becomes a writer for specific reasons, right? I mean, they... <clears throat> and and a lot of it is the ability to control language. Mm-hmm. That what you write is yours and it's the way that you put it forward unless something, you know, weird happens. You're able to construct your own version of reality. And this was putting myself in the role of being a subject rather than the person shaping the narrative. Mm-hmm. I was the person whose narrative yeah. was being shaped and it's odd. I mean, I've, i had been profiled by major magazines and sometimes you let somebody in your life for a certain period of li- time and what comes out may or may not be what you had in mind. I mean, I know as somebody who wrote, you know, a trillion, you know, cover profiles for magazines like Spin and Rolling Stone and details that you go in you you get you know of you know 14 hours of tape you get mm-hmm. a week of hanging out with somebody or in cases of some of the pieces I did you know several months and then you could sort of shape the narrative any way you want to shape it and it may not uh, comport in any way with what your subject wants written about them.
1: Right. Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> Leaving it up to the hands of your director.
4: Yeah, I mean, I've you know, I, I wrote you know, I've, I've written profiles of bands that uh, I have been assured still give them nightmares 20 oh. years <laughs> later.
0: <laughs> well, seeing the film, are you happy with the way it came out?
4: Yeah, it looks at Los Angeles the way that I look at Los Angeles. I think it's a real, accurate depiction of of what what I see. Um, a lot of it has nothing to do with me, but I'm just so incredibly grateful for every time I see it. I mean, the the beautiful sh- full shots of oh, yeah. like the skateboarder doing ollies or the <laughs> or, or the. You know, Chinese guys doing uh, break dancing at yeah. a Chinatown festival, or the shot of the giant egret on the banks of the LA River, or those incredible drone shots of the city. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it, I mean, now it, it's going to be a total cliche in a year, probably. But the idea of like having a guy with a uh, a drone and a GoPro camera able to capture that kind of footage is just Stunning, right? It was stunning. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because I'm born and raised Bay Area, so I I was. Always been kind of the. Ugh, I hate LA. She's been one of the ones. That okay, have to fight. I'm one of the haters. Sorry, <laughs> and I hate the Dodgers. Sorry, but I'm not sorry. Go Giants. But it, it, uh, we were Grr. sitting together. I know.
3: <laughs>
0: That's why we kept her farthest yeah. away. That's <laughs> So I'm all the way over here. But um, yeah, we were sitting together watching the film, and I looked over at her, and she's like, "I'm really missing LA right now." And I was watching it, and I lived there for a minute a few years ago, and I was watching, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go back there and mm-hmm. try it mm-hmm. back out because we yeah. did a beautiful. job with it it,
1: uh, it really yeah it was you. really touching and even at one point we won't say what happens but
0: someone teared up at this table <laughs> because it's just
1: really touching the stories
0: <laughs> i'm always the one crying <laughs> always but the stories that you told i mean so when you when you started and approached mm-hmm. jonathan's like okay i want to do a documentary mm-hmm. how do you feel and he mm-hmm. said no 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 were you thinking about these other stories that were going to be within the
3: story at all? Some but not not all of them. I mean, I mean the the um, kind of immigrant stories that oh, we hi. followed. that's something that just evolved out of spending time with Jonathan and and you know we would we go to these restaurants with one camera and a sound person, and film, and we'd need to stay on Jonathan, right? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. then in order to get B-roll in the kitchen, we'd have to go back and plan a different day when he wasn't with us. So then we would start talking to the chef or the owner, and I'd start start hearing their stories, and, you know, there are so many really moving stories. Yeah, so Um, great. And then it just felt like this natural extension. Because if we're going to be in that restaurant, and we sort of decided then to interweave them into scenes of Jonathan in those restaurants, I think, except for Meals by Gannett. We didn't do that, but... Yeah, and
4: there's always a firewall between the critic and what he or she is writing about. There has to be. Mm -hmm. I mean... And so I hadn't really heard those stories until I saw a rough cut of the film. I mean, I I was as surprised about the story about you know you know Gannon Gonifer and her mm-hmm. son. Oh,
1: that was yeah. You can't yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. Start move on, move again. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean you you've touched lives that you didn't know that you touched yeah. in such a way that. Were you in tears when you saw that? Or, oh, or yeah, totally. Were you? <laughs> okay, I wasn't the only one. Well, and, and that's the beauty of not only the film, but it
1: also relates to your reviews. You don't just talk about the ingredients and the food. You you really bring out the culture of the restaurant and, and, and the feel. And the film perfectly mirrors that. And I, I, I worked for a couple restaurants in L.A. <laughs> that um, actually made your 101 list. Oh. And they were a little more high-end type restaurants. But I'm glad that you chose to focus on a lot, a lot of more mm-hmm. smaller, mm-hmm. mom and pop restaurants as well. Like, you, you have a fine balance between the two.
4: Thanks. What were your restaurants?
1: <laughs> uh, Barnyard and Fig. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh, which are actually interesting enough, both places where the chefs have gone on to do really yeah, interesting Yeah,
1: really places. awesome. Yeah, gone on to do their own thing, and 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 both have grown hugely from that.
4: Yeah, I, I just reviewed... Um, Dudley? Just, Dudley, yeah, Jesse Barber's place. Awesome, like I haven't week, gone Two weeks yet. ago. Yeah. But it's really good. It's like one of those places, like the classic, what, what's the cliche about Bay Area food? Fig on a plate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you, uh, Prosciutto-wrapped fig. <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but you go into the restaurants and it's just like food and it's like, wait, this guy didn't do anything to it. Why, why am I eating this? And then you taste it and you realize like the depths of flavor and the- He's on another level. Yeah. yeah. It was mm.
1: great being able to eat from that kitchen <laughs> every day. <laughs> He's like a
4: Zen food master. He's
1: yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for him. It looks beautiful. I haven't gone, been able to go yet, but it's cool that you balance between the, the higher-end restaurants and still the mom-and-pop hole-in-the-walls. You still hunt those out as well.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, in a certain way, food is food. It doesn't matter where it's coming from. I mean, to me one of the interesting things I mean it's actually pointed out in the film right it starts out with Gorilla Tacos it's a truck the the uh, chef you know studied with Ducasse that he worked at some of the best restaurants in LA that instead of sort of You know, seeking financing for a big place of his own, or instead of working for some of the, you know, really quite good chefs he's worked for, he decided that he'd have a truck. And he's getting produce from the best vendors at the farmer's market. And he's getting like his pork from Cook's Pig Ranch, which is the one that everybody wants to get their pork from, but they sell Mm -hmm. to so few people. And he gets they love him at the fish market. He gets like, you know, spectacular uni, but, you know, using the spectacular San Diego uni, he's putting it on a taco and charging $6 for it instead yeah. of putting on a tasting menu and charging 130. Yeah. And so there's well, really no difference between uh, high and low in LA. I mean, the, the difference between street food and, uh, cuisine has essentially been exploded. I mean, the, the democracy of cuisine in the city is it, it's sometimes just splendid.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, a lot more accessible to anybody now these like o- things like uni. Yeah. Which right. you never yeah. would of you know yeah. growing up I didn't know what uni yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> Where well, it that's came cool from because the food market scene we were really we had to pause oh, and talk right. about that too because um you said something about uh what was it the because of the difference between the, the pupusorias and and the mom and pop places, but also opening up new places that that have higher end, it's like, you know, where do you find the balance between not missing out on that culture right. but still having new innovative, you know, higher end places as well? It's hard to find that balance and in San Francisco right. we're feeling that too. Right now. Yeah.
4: yeah. No, it's hard. I mean the The downtown that existed when I was growing up is not the downtown that's there now. And do you maintain um, establishments like the Grand Central Market as as nostalgia? I mean, do, do you keep the same vendors? Do you move, as people leave, do you move in people who are maybe doing a different sort of food? Or do you try to keep it exactly the same? It's it's hard. It switched almost all the way over to sort of like the fairy market end of things, mm-hmm. and some of the some of the food is just spectacular. Uh, and I think the the owner of the market, uh, Adele Yellen, has done a really good job in sort of maintaining the best of the old vendors. I mean, the, the, you know, the pupuseria, the... The people who do carnitas from Morelia, the 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 guys at Roast to do, Go who do the uh, gorditas. I, mean, I actually once said to her, you know the you know the the day that Roast to Go goes away is the day that I like start picketing the market. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Those are strong words, <laughs> yeah, coming from you. <laughs> well, it's funny when we were watching the film, I looked over at Angela, like, "Hey, have you been there before?" She said, "No." When you're in LA or from LA, you don't go to that market. You don't go downtown. It wasn't a thing. Yeah, it kind of stayed in my pocket. You know, I, I was born and raised in West LA, so you didn't really venture out so
1: much. So,
4: oh, what high school? Notre Dame Academy, all very, girls, very Catholic.
0: Cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other
1: subject, Mr. Gold. That's o- why
0: now she's on Bitch Talk. Overland, <laughs> so. right? yeah, yeah, Overland. <laughs> so, Laura, doing this film did it change the way that you looked at
3: food, or are you more I'm involved I, with food? I, you know, I think that I. Um, yeah, I think I've probably come, become. I've always loved to eat, and I'm, <laughs> you know adventurous. Right. Um, You know, I don't think, I really came to this subject as more of an outsider I don't consider myself a foodie and I really fell in love with Jonathan's writing because it talked about culture and the city and it was like this, you know, kind of broader swath that I was interested in but um, yeah, I think it has. I think it's just made me a little bit more, you know, curious and open and and that's kind of the idea behind the film. We we hope people can take that away from the film and apply it to Los Angeles or wherever they live, you know, and just... Mm -hmm as Jonathan says, be a little less afraid of your neighbors and, you know, he really brings a curiosity that I love and I hope people will take that away. Yeah.
4: yeah. Sometimes yeah. the most important tool in your kitchen is your car. Mm.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> your green truck. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Your green, green truck. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> your partner in
0: crime. I love that truck.
4: <laughs> pretty great.
0: So, Jonathan, where do you see the food movement really going maybe in the next five years?
4: Um... <clears throat> A few different things are happening that are, that are making me happy. One is that cooking is becoming more vegetable-centered. Mm-hmm. And by that, I don't necessarily mean vegetarian or vegan at all. But I mean that meat is uh, and, or animal protein is becoming a smaller part of it. And it's almost supplementing, giving flavor to... To vegetables, which is probably the place where we should be most of us should be eating more of the time uh another thing is the uh, the, the second generation i mean the you know the kids of immigrants who are raised in a particular culture mm-hmm. and you know go off go off to college to cooking school uh work at some the best restaurants in France and the US or wherever and come back and use their techniques and their appreciations for you know source, sourcing food mm-hmm. and of drawing the best out of particular ingredients and use it to sort of recreate the flavors that they grew up on but in sort of a sort of a, a refined focus beautiful way I mean, that I think that definitely some of the best cooking in LA is coming out of that um, you know up here too obviously and I think that's only gonna become more pronounced
0: right so we do have a, a really quick question. Is there going to be a City of Gold part two, the musical years? Because, <laughs> I mean... Yes. There, yes. When you just kind of s- slipped in uh, the 80s hip-hop movement and you were a part of that and you were... Were you in the studio with Dre and Snoop Dogg? Yeah, during Doggy Style. I mean, can you tell us everything about <laughs> that? <laughs> well, we had to pause it and we looked at each other like, we're like, what? Wait, wait, I what? need more info. And there's <laughs> only like 20 more minutes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so right. will there... Can we... <laughs> Can you come back on that tour when you're talking about sure. that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're a renaissance man.
2: He is. Yes, That's true. Why? If, if the
4: renaissance man okay, is yeah. being able to like listen to music and eat food. Sure. Yes.
0: Yeah. I, I yeah. In my book. <laughs> but better than anyone else. <laughs> yeah, but better well, than I anyone think else. I think I call
3: him a cultural omnivore. Okay. Like maybe a renaissance man. Yeah. That's what I like.
4: But I, but yeah, I mean the hip hop movement in L.A. was super vital and exciting in, yes. in the '80s. Um, you know, I love covering it, and um, I, I did probably the first big piece on N.W.A. And okay, wow, oh, <laughs> <I guess. Yeah.
0: laughs>
1: that's all. sure, that's yeah. my upbringing, right yeah.
4: there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, and I was doing. Uh, and I was doing some stuff for Rolling Stone. I, was, I did what was supposed to be like a small piece on Dre during, you know, so, sort of the period right after the chronic and <laughs> it's, it, and uh, the kids of Jan winner um, up and we're getting really, really into Dre and Snoop. So they made the story bigger and I kept, Going to the studio and sitting and hoping that they'd sit for interviews and they sort of never did. Then they did. Then they didn't. But just being able to sit in the studio while all that was going on <laughs> for a couple of months was uh, it, it was very nice thing to have been a part of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so
0: much for your time. We really, really enjoyed City of Gold, and we hope all of our yes. listeners do too. So, Laura and Jonathan, thank you so much for being on Bitch Talk.